am so glad you found my show because the game is about to change for you. Yes, and is the only mantra you need to amplify the quality of your life. And this podcast is going to show you how. We'll explore high vibe living, entrepreneurship, and how to build habits that last. All through the lens of an improviser. See, the improv mindset keeps you moving forward without a script. And all you have to do is let the words yes and illuminate the path. Okay, did we just become best friends? Well, you certainly found your new favorite podcast. Yes and with me, Judy Holler. Let's do this. This is a Soul Fire production. You're listening to episode 79 brought to you by Advocare. Would you like to look better, feel better, and perform better? Yeah, me too. Advocare and their world-class products can help. Learn more about Advocare and my favorite products and more in the show notes. Okay, so welcome back or welcome to the show. And oh my gosh, drum roll, please. It is Love Yourself July. Oh my gosh. How are you doing with that? We've, we've started uh, with themes, themes of the month to really align our conversations here together around a central principle, uh, an idea rooted in something bigger so that we can sort of go deeper. And this month we're talking about love yourself, which is actually pretty epic because If you don't know, I'd like to remind you that chapter one of my book, Fear Is Your Homeboy, is titled Love Yourself. Because listen, here's the deal. If you don't work, nothing else works, right? So this notion of really loving yourself has to be figured out first before we can really vibe and thrive and open the door to the possibility that we want. Because again, it won't work if you don't. So what does loving yourself look like? Well, uh, it looks like putting yourself in your schedule. Uh, it looks like scheduling your priorities, just like you do everybody else's. It looks like bubble baths and alone time. It looks like walks and reading and hiring a coach and taking classes, of course. And it looks like action, movement, momentum, or as I like to say, move momentum, baby, because every single time you move, every single time you do something for yourself on behalf of yourself, you send a massive signal to the universe that you aren't fucking around, that you are ready, that you are worthy, and that you are not going to settle for a basic life action. It's always the anecdote, even if it's small, even if it feels insignificant, even yes, if you're scared and even if you aren't 100% sure that it's the right next step, you still got to move. So this week, I'll give you some examples of ways I loved myself through action by taking action with action. So the first thing I did, I did this yesterday. Uh, There is someone. Uh, I know that I admire 
that I look up to. And this someone, she is currently right now where I want to go in business. So in an email about something else, I put into that email at the end, by the way, um, do you take any private clients? I'd love to work with you. And I basically asked her to be my mentor, right? To coach me on this new level of, of entrepreneurship and business that I'm, I'm moving into. So that was big. I mean, that is taking action. That is putting yourself out there. That is loving yourself. Uh, number two, I also worked out every day this week uh, to make big deposits into the bank of me. So that's huge. And the other thing I did to really take action in my life and for my business and to really demonstrate the fact that I love myself enough to do that is that I cleared my calendar for one whole day. Yeah, that's right. No email, right? I did not look at email until like four. Um, no email, no meetings, none of it. Um, to begin editing work on, on a new talk I'm putting together. Uh, so those are some, some ways I demonstrated self-love this month. I, I'd love to hear from you, you know, talk to me. How have you moved this week? Um, I would love to know what you've done to set some boundaries, to practice self-love and self-care. And most importantly, I'd love to know how you're taking action. So uh, talk to me, send me a DM on Instagram, uh, email me anytime at hello at judyholler.com. Um, I love hearing from you. And today we're actually going to answer a few of your questions from the gram. And here's what we're going to cover these three things. So I think you're going to, I think you're going to vibe with this. I had so much fun thinking through what I wanted to say to you today for these three questions. So the first question we're going to answer, the first thing we're going to talk about is prioritizing when you feel overwhelmed and how to do that. Dude, I've got some mic drop ideas that will change the game for you. This is like my wheelhouse. This is my obsession, uh, boundaries and priorities and goal-focused planning. So we're going to go there. Uh, the other thing we're going to talk about is people-pleasing. Mm-hmm and how to stop feeling like a failure when you don't meet someone else's needs. Yo, you are going to want to stop what you're doing when I get onto this question, because what I will share with you will transform your life and your mindset around people pleasing. And I can say that so confidently because it cracked me wide open and I've never thought about it the same way again. So we're going to go there. And then the last thing uh, we're going to talk about is your intuition, right? What trusting your gut and following your intuition looks and feels like. So how does that sound? I am super hype about it. I'm going to shuffle my deck because you know what? You know what? We're going to set the vibe uh, before we go any further. I have not pulled a card in a minute. It's been a minute. So we're going to pull a card. I got to get three shuffles. Uh, you know, the, the rule of threes for me, I have to have like three. Oh, that was a bad shuffle, but whatever. We shuffled the deck three shuffles. Uh, I'm going to pull, I'm going to make, I'm going to keep it light and fun today. Uh, I'm pulling a card from the Affirminator card deck. We'll link up in the show notes. And I love a few of you tagged me. Uh, Y'all were out celebrating a birthday and you um, gifted these cards to one of your besties. And I think that's so great. This is a really fun gift. They're called uh, Affirminators. They are 50 affirmation cards to help you help yourself without all the self-helpiness. I mean, hi, isn't that just epic? So, okay. Closing my eyes, closing my eyes. And the card 
is, now this is going to inspire our day, our vibe, wherever you're at, whatever you've got going on today, whatever's on your heart. <clears throat> okay, you ready? Here's the card. Wonder. That's what it says. Wonder. Ooh, I love wonder. Who doesn't want, want more wonder in their life? Oh my God. My friend Harris wrote a great book called The Wonder Switch. I actually had him on the podcast. So Google that. Actually, we'll, we'll, we'll link up in the show notes to the episode with Harris III, who wrote a book called The Wonder Switch. Because, you know, what, a, what an important topic topic to, to think about and to consider, especially as we age in life and get older. I think so many of us lose our sense of joy and play and wonder and the inner improviser in me is always chasing it. And I think that's really where the magic happens. So anyway, I pulled the wonder card and here's what it says. It's a wonderful thing to be in a state of wonder. And when I'm a good audience to my life, my life becomes better and better theater. When something delightful happens, I can shout encore and be tickled when it happens again. And when something maddening happens, yo, I can laugh it off. Either way, I'm glad I got a ticket to the show. That, that is so good. When something good happens, yes, you can shout from the rooftops, encore, encore, and be happy about that. And yo, when something bad happens, something frustrating happens, laugh it off. Either way, you've got a front row seat to your show, your life, and how you roll with it, how you vibe with it is up to you. Okay, so we're going to hop right into the three questions we're covering today. And question one comes from June. She asks, how do you prioritize things when you are overwhelmed? And more specifically, how do you set those priorities when things just feel really like out of whack, right? Okay, so let's break this down. What a good question. I think the first thing you can do here uh, is think of the brave first step you can take instead of all the steps that need to be taken to get to where you want to go. Because overwhelm is a place that fear loves to hide to keep you stuck, safe, and just the same. Because remember, fear's job is to stop you. And actually, if you ask me, fear is pretty damn boring because that is fear's like only job to stop you. So knowing this is powerful as fuck, because if you know that fear's job is to stop you, then my dear, you also know that your job is to keep moving. This is the way through fear because yo, you will never get rid of your fear, but you can move with it and through it with action and move momentum. So I've got an exercise for you that will help you. And this is something I do on the regular, especially when I'm deep in overwhelm. So please, June and anyone else who needs this, borrow it, steal it, use it to set some priorities and start taking those next steps. Okay. Step one, I want you to get into a quiet place. I want you to put on some high vibe music. Personally, for me, I love a good jazz moment on Spotify when I am creating and writing and needing to think. Um, I also want you to light a candle and catch that vibe. Okay. So set up your environment. Step two, I want you to get out your favorite pen, your favorite notebook. Step three, on a blank piece of paper, flip that notebook open, 
to a blank piece of paper. On that blank piece of paper, I want you to draw a line down the middle of the paper. On the left of the page, at the top of the column, write goals. And on the right of the page, top of the column, write the next step. Step four, I want you on the left in the column under goals to write down, to get out of your head the goals you're spinning around, the things you're not moving on. Maybe it's three of them. Maybe it's five. Maybe you have a list of 10, okay? But get some, get some stuff on paper. Get it out of your head and put it onto paper. So maybe it's three to five goals you're currently working on or a dream that you just can't seem to turn into a goal with action. Step five on the right next to each goal or dream that you just put down, I want you to write the first step you can take. The first step, not all the steps, not the strategic business plan, not all the things, the time, the money, the resources, the people you need to make it happen, just the first step, right? What is that first step? What is the next thing you can do? to pick up some momentum. So that's step five. Step six, I want you to then go schedule those first steps, those next steps into your Vibe and Thrive Planner, of course, and start chipping away at it. If you don't know what the Vibe and Thrive Planner is, I will link up to my Goal Focus Planner in the show notes. It's a game changer, but go schedule them. Get those first steps into your Vibe and Thrive Planner and begin the work. Then once you complete Step six, go back to the first step and do it again with the next step and again with the next step and again with the next step. Listen, all successes is one long, beautiful walk where you are brave enough to take one step, the first step, and then you take the next step and the next step and the next step and the next step. I mean, success and whatever that looks like for you is really beating overwhelm with action and taking the first small step over and over and over again. So if you are overwhelmed, you are thinking too far in the future. You are thinking about the end result instead of the first result. Let me tell you, once you feel the energy of progression and action and movement, you will become addicted to that drug, which is how we get the courage to keep moving, to keep taking the next step versus all the steps. So June and anyone else who needs this, focus on the first step you can take and then do it again and again and again. Okay, so I work as a keynote speaker and improv is a big part of my work. I love to get people on stage with me and show them how powerful they really are and that you can do hard things and people always want more. But I am not an improv training company. That's that's the bad news. But the good news is that I know an awesome one. You have to check out my friends at Improve It and their incredible team of facilitators from top improv schools in Chicago, New York, and LA. Listen, I've hired them legit. My clients have hired them and you should too. Improve It does two-hour in-person or 90-minute virtual professional development workshops that use improvisational comedy to train your team 
on soft skills. So some of their workshops include things like effective communication, presentation skills, taking initiative, networking, sales, team building, thinking on your feet, and of course, vision setting. I mean, yes, and. Oh, and yo, their clients include just some small companies, things like the Obama Foundation, uh, yeah, Walgreens, United Airlines, Motorola, Groupon, Lowe's, and even your girl right here at Holla Worldwide. So make sure you head over to the show notes, click the links, learn more about them, follow them on the Instagram. I'm telling you, you're going to love them as much as I do. Okay. Question two comes from Kaylee. She writes, how do I stop people pleasing and feeling like a failure when you don't meet others' needs? Okay. Anyone else uh, a recovering people pleaser? My hand is raised uh, over here. (laughs) Honestly, I think, I think most of us are people pleasers. Yo, unless you are a raging sociopath. Of course you care about what other people think. Of course you want people to like you. Of course you want to do a great job. And of course you want to make people happy and you want people to like you. So I don't know if the goal should be to stop people pleasing. I I think that's the wrong mindset. What I think we need to stop doing is being codependent on other people's opinions of us. Yeah, that's right. I'm going to say that one again. I think we need to stop being codependent on other people's opinions of us. This means that you do not tie your self-love or your self-worth or who you are as a human being to someone else's opinion of you or reaction to you. And I really think That mindset shift off the jump is a game changer. I mean, I still and always will want to please people. I want to make you happy. I want to empower you. I want to inspire you. And of course, I want you to fucking love the work that I make for you. But, and it's a big but, I no longer tie my self-worth to how someone receives my work. And this shift will set you free and fire up what you need inside of you to keep moving. Are you picking up a theme here? (laughs) So much of life and how we manage the quality inside of this life is really dependent on the actions we take. So step one here is to reframe the way you think and feel about pleasing others. Okay, that's number one. Now, step two. And there's two steps in total here. Let's talk about failure. My favorite F word. And you know, I love a good F bomb. So, okay. In the improv theater uh, and specifically the improv mindset, once you really uh, begin to learn it and understand it, it teaches us to fall in love with failure. And it reminds us that it's actually the most important data stream we have because when we fail, we are either winning killing it or we're learning, still killing it, but we are never losing because without failure, how will you know what works? How will you be able to communicate with your team and find out how to better meet their needs? You won't be able to do that if there wasn't a failure in the first place, right? When you know better, 
you do better, right? So I think this notion of feeling like a failure when you don't meet other people's needs can be fixed when you look at it as an opportunity to communicate clearer and better, to make a change, to make things better, right? To see the perceived failure as a data stream that can help all the parties involved. And this is a brave shift to make personally and professionally. No mistakes, only gifts. No mistakes, only gifts. No mistakes, only gifts. Say that on repeat, put it up on a post-it note. I mean, this is a mantra to live by. It'll change your life. It will save your life and it will help you love yourself and feel confident through failure. And it'll help you take charge of the failure because it's all about perspective here. When you see failure as a possibility, a door opener, a lens into a change you can make a better place you can discover or a tool that can help the company, you and the team do better, you empower yourself. So start celebrating it and stop fearing it. In my book, Fear is My Homeboy, I propose the idea, and actually one of the homework assignments in the book is that I suggest that you begin conducting failure parties, baby, mistake parties, right? To celebrate all the brave shit you do on the regular, personally and professionally. So let's break this down real quick. Here's how it looks at home. Here's how a failure party, a mistake party would look at home. Say you uh, are sitting around the dinner table with your kids, right? And and you're, you're about to eat dinner, right? And you're, you're getting the party started and we got our phones down so we can be connected. Uh, maybe you ask everyone to go around the table and share their failure of the day, a way they messed up, something that didn't go as planned. And when that person shares their failure, you legit celebrate, right? You hoot and holler, woohoo! You scream, you throw your napkin in the air, right? You, everybody starts clapping, they get a round of applause. And then you talk about what you learned, right? Everyone has to share. Here's, here's what didn't work. Here's how I fell down today. Here's how I made a mistake. Here's how I embarrassed myself, but like, here's what I learned and here's how I'm braver because of it. I mean, what a great way to grow up, by the way, uh, to remind ourselves of our power and what a beautiful way to check your vibe from a young age around failure. Now, how this may look at work, it could be you booking a conference room, getting some flip charts, some markers, some confetti, putting on a high vibe Spotify playlist, getting some donuts, some cake pops, whatever, and getting everybody into a meeting room, right? And then you're going to put the perceived failure or the thing you fucked up or the mistake that was made up on said whiteboard, and you are going to celebrate the courage it took to try that new thing. And you are going to celebrate everything that you learned. How did you win? How are you smarter? How are you better? How are you faster? How are you stronger, right? Get all of that up on the whiteboard and the flip charts. I mean, this is an empowering meeting to be a part of. These are leaders. These are the companies we want to work for. And this, this is how we inspire people to make change. And this is how we start to empower people to have more brave conversations around failure. You know, we start to welcome failure. It's mindset. 
asset. And it's very important data stream into our companies by making it an important member of our team instead of something that feels embarrassing or shameful. So the second you empower yourself around failure, you will naturally become more innovative, more confident, more successful. You're going to get things done. You're going to move faster. You're going to think better. You're going to feel smarter. And oh, by the way, you're going to produce better work because you are not afraid to try. You are not afraid to take a chance and you are not afraid of what other people think because your self-love is so deep that someone else's opinion of you will not rattle your cage. Now, a quick pause right here to talk about you and your incredible reviews every week. One of my favorite things to do is to pick a review on iTunes and shout it out right here on the air and then send you some really high vibe snail mail for doing that. And this week I picked, I went back to March, March, 2021, and I picked Katie McHugh. M-C-Q. So Katie wrote, I recently started listening to Judy's podcast. I love her energy. Taking a break to listen to Judy is refreshing. I love how she provides realistic tips and strategies that I can incorporate daily. Well, Katie McHugh, thank you so much for that awesome review on iTunes. See how easy that was. And you, my dear, are our listener of the week. So do me a favor and send me a DM on Instagram or email me anytime at hello at judyholler.com to claim your prize. And listen, if you want to be our next listener of the week, all you got to do is jump in iTunes, leave a quick review. It's that easy. All right, final question. Question three comes from Chrysalis. She writes, where do you feel your intuition the most in your body? And how does it feel to go against it or to go with it? Oh, yo, I I can't even handle how much I love this question. Uh, What I can share with you here is my experience and how intuition manifests for me physically emotionally and mentally, because honestly, it's a little bit of a combination factor for me. Uh, Personally, it shows up mostly in my heart and sacral chakras, which the sacral is typically your gut and your heart is your heart chakra, right? So if something is intuitively aligned for me, something my angels, the divine God or the universe really wants me to do, it typically feels like butterflies in my belly, uh, expansion in my chest. My heart starts racing a little bit, right? Uh, And I want to pause here to remind you of something. Remember, just because something is right for you doesn't mean you won't be afraid. I'm going to say that again. Just because something is right for you doesn't mean you won't afraid. You know, I can think of every big step along my life's journey and in my career thus far from my marriage to writing a book to, yo, like starting this podcast, I have felt scared every single step of the way, but I also feel expansive because that fear and those feelings represent and mean growth 
and mean getting out the fuck out of my comfort zone. So the good stuff, yeah, it feels expansive. And for me, it usually shows up in my heart chakra, which totally makes sense because when you're following your heart, that's the cage that's going to get rattled the most. Now let's talk about the stuff that feels icky. Uh, this usually, the icky stuff, um, usually shows up in my sacral chakra, i.e. the gut. And, you know, you know how you've been here. So you know how it goes when something doesn't feel right. You're like, I just knew it. I should have trusted my gut. And this is because your gut's going to react. So for me, when something is not energetically or like intuitively aligned, it manifests in my body, in my gut, which jacks things up. So this looks like breakouts and headaches and some hair loss and lack of sleep and irritability, right? I mean, these are the things you should be listening to. If you are feeling these things, your body is hollering at you, right? Something is sort of fighting against you, right? So if it's not aligned, uh, think of it this way. It feels restrictive. If something is aligned, it feels expansive, right? You feel big and open and ready. You could still be afraid, but you feel open. If it's not aligned, if something is warning you, it feels restricted. It, it feels like going inside a shell and wanting to get really small instead of feeling like you're blooming. So when I make decisions that go with my gut, it feels like energy and electricity and a little bit of fear, but mostly excitement. I feel awake on fire, like my heart is racing and my body is alive. And when I make decisions that go against my gut, yeah, I, I, I feel sick. I can't sleep. I break out. Uh, my body physically reacts to the stress of not listening to that internal nudge. Your gut is always your guardian angel. This idea and reminder will not only help you in business, but in life, especially if you are a woman moving around in the world, you have to trust your gut. Listen, if someone makes you feel uncomfortable, if someone gets on an elevator that creeps you the fuck out, if someone or something sort of rubs you the wrong way, you reserve the right to trust your gut and make a fucking move out of that situation. You know, you've had those situations. I'm sure you have where you've had like the hairs on the back of your neck stand up because something feels off or something feels weird. Right. But a lot of times as women, we don't say anything. We don't do anything because we don't want to look like a bitch. We don't want to seem rude. And oh my God, I don't want to make them feel bad or uncomfortable. We want people to like us, but I'm saying, fuck that noise. Fuck it. Your job is to take care of yourself, to watch out for yourself, to trust the guardian angel that is trying to protect you. So some final thoughts here. If you are in a business situation where a big decision needs to be made, the way you get more in tune with your intuition is by slowing down enough to hear her, to listen to her. So if you need to make a big decision, if you need to get alignment on something, no, wait, wait, 
wait 24 hours to make a decision, like sleep on it, write about it, meditate with it, right? Time and space can work wonders. And the way you really get clarity on whether something is a hell yes or a hell no is not only by listening to your body, it also requires you to get quiet enough to listen to your mind. So before I make any big business decisions or personal decisions, I try to, and I am so impatient. That is like the Italian in me, like I am so impatient, uh, but I try to give myself 24 hours hours and I always sleep on it. To that point, the one thing I will never sleep on is trusting my gut when I am a woman out in the world navigating my way. If someone or something makes me feel uncomfortable, I give zero fucks about doing what I need to do to trust the angel tapping me on my shoulder in order to keep myself safe. And neither should you. So make a ruckus, cause a scene speak up. Your life depends on it. Okay. I hope you loved this show as much as I loved making it for you. I love the Ask Judy episode. So talk to me on Instagram, send me a DM and let me know what you thought about this show. What was your favorite question? And yo, I want your questions. That is in all caps. So what do you want me to cover? What do you want me to talk about? What do you want me to jam on here? I mean, yo, this show is for you. So please talk to me. Also keep tagging me on social. I love seeing your posts, reading your posts, sharing your posts. So keep them coming. And you can always send me an email to hello at judyholler.com with your show ideas, feedback, and inspiration. Thank you for listening. Thanks for sharing with your buds. Thank you for the iTunes reviews. And until next week, my love, keep opening the door to possibility.